This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Hi, LSPod fans, it's JR here. Burt's Babes, Hoddle's Heroes, even Decanio's Dozens. We've had some iconic lineups in our history at Swindon, just like the legendary menu at McDonald's. Parkin' or Austin, sweet curry or barbecue? Why not get a McNugget share box to enjoy the debates with your mates? And thanks to book delivery, every drop-off can be a home win. Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points too. No one wants to drop points at home, and with tasty rewards to earn, you won't be missing out. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Rogers is streaking ahead and he's onside. Beautiful play! That is that! What a good shot! Salty tears taste so good because it's victory for Swindon Town as we record a 1-0 away win away from home against bookmakers darling Salford City for this one I'm joined by Terry hello Terry good morning morning soccer fans (laughs) morning and um, we've also got Connor morning Connor you can't shake me off I'm here I'm Ready to talk about Swindon Town. What a, what a great weekend. I must say, I, w- I, w- I was surprised to see Connor come through. It was one of these lazily organised uh, podcast arrangements where I, I just sent a link and hope for the best. I knew Terry was here because Terry you know, gave me firm commitment, but Connor just comes in. Oh, I just, just waltzed in. I mean, to be honest, I, I feel like Terry put me on the podcast because he definitely, we were having a discussion last night. Um, about man of the match and uh he was like Let, let's let's argue this out on mic so here here I am and here we are and I cannot believe I cannot believe there's an argument for this week but we'll we'll talk about that later before we get to the game getting to Salford by bus seems like just the worst thing if it's a mega bus or you know national express but I see on social media that some Swindon fans went on one of those sort of village scrambler buses Terry this, this isn't what that sort of bus is designed for. Look, from a health and safety point of view, I, I was terrified on their behalf. But <laughs> just remember, if it was good enough for John Sheridan's men to go out to Rochdale last last April, it's good enough for our fans. Come on. At least, Connor, John Sheridan gave us a double-decker bus. That would be even more scary on a motorway up to Manchester, I think. So fair play. I mean, the sort of nerves required to do that uh, are greater than I have. Uh, are we we going on a rickshaw to Stevenage Way in a couple of weeks, guys? Who's doing the work? <laughs> I thought it was, you're you're the host, so. Oh god, yeah. Well, then no, no, we're not. <laughs> that that bus is insane. I mean, I've done Westbury to Trowbridge in one of those buses and gone on a crisis. Swindon to to Salford, three and a half hours in a car. I don't know if it's quicker in one of those buses, but I don't fancy my chances. I mean, I just imagine like picturing that on the motorway, just. <laughs> struggling to get above 50 just scenes of carnage on the bus like someone's asleep in the disabled like area with it's you know 
just just absolute carnage. Just just fair play to fair play to every single one of them. I mean, look, planes, trains, automobiles. I think right now everyone's just trying to get to as many games as possible and have as much fun as possible. So, I mean, you, you love to see it, as the kids say. They do, they do. Okay, well, let's talk football. So Swindon's made changes again. Um, I'm tired of second-guessing Garner on this. It's either that or I'm just absolutely terrible at it. Uh, Wallacott was in goal. Uh, Odomeo, Conroy and Critchlow were at the back. Kessler, Hayden, Grant, Reed, and Iandolo in midfield with Payne, Gladwin and Simpson up top. I mean, I'm, I'm interpreting this, Connor, as a 3-4-3. Is that right? Um, I mean, I kind of... After the Gillingham debacle of last season, uh, I've lost all confidence in myself to be able to read formations. And as has been said on this podcast before, formations are not what matters. But I read it as a as kind of a four, uh, four two three one as we've been playing sort of so far with um, Kesler Hayden as like a winger. He was really playing on the shoulder of their defence, um, and um, yeah, with with Iandolo like firmly as a left back. But um, yeah. It, I, I could see why people would would put him more as a free, um, but yeah, no, I, I think I think it was a very similar way of playing to how we played so far this season. Yeah, definitely four two three one. I think it's easy to look back in um, hindsight, but before I think you know before the game when we were having this chat, it, it was the first time I was like, like really, it, it, that doesn't make much sense. I think we were almost a victim of. Um, trying to play all the players that have done quite well recently in, on, in the same pitch. Like, it didn't feel fair to drop AK. Um, Iandolo has played quite well, so obviously he came in to start, which is fair enough. But I think that that right side just didn't work. And the idea of playing arguably your best player, but certainly our best right back, out of position just to get him on the field, did not work. And in it, and it was the most ineffective Kesler Hayden has been all season. Do you think it was? Do you think it was to counter whatever Salford were planning more than anything? No, Ben Garner has, has said again and again and again that's not how he plays football. And it wasn't like it wasn't like Kesler Hayden was getting back in to protect to protect Odomayo, or they had a very specific threat down that left side. If anything, they were much more dangerous down their right. Um, I just I honestly just think it was a case of. I don't want to. I don't. AK doesn't deserve to be dropped, but Kesler has Kesler Hayden has to come back in. So what do we do? And that's what he did. Um, which on reflection didn't work, but that's fine. We got away with it. We won the game. Um, and and you know neither of those guys played badly. I just think the idea of playing your best player out of position just doesn't sit right with me. Just just play him at right back. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess with with Kesler Hayden, I think there were whispers that he can play on the wing, right? So it's, it wasn't like completely out of the blue when he kind of started there. I think we all read it as a three for three before kickoff. But um maybe, I mean, if he was to if it was to do with anything to do with the opposition, maybe it was a proactive thing of their left back was probably their weak link in terms of like he's the one that's come up from the National League North with them and um obviously is a is a decent player, but you know, not quite the level of sort of some of the players in that team. So potentially it was to try and sort of expose him rather than to kind of double up in a defensive side on the left on the right. Um, of our side, and 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 to be fair, you know, like Terry pointed out, like nothing really came down the right hand side. So maybe we just locked it down by virtue of having the defensive players on that side. So it 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 was one that, you know, maybe in hindsight doesn't feel as weird as it was, but yeah, it certainly wasn't quite as free flowing as as it has been um, on on that side of the pitch in an attacking sense. Yeah, and Connor McCurdy was dropped from the eleven, and he had the whole whole game off because um, he didn't get onto the pitch. Was was that fair based on, do you think that's potentially based on the misses he made against Tramia? No, I mean, I, he, he would have got on had Louis Reed not gone down at the exact moment he was about to be brought on as a substitute. So I think, to be fair, he was clearly going to sort of be used at some point to sort of stretch the game. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's probably a little bit more of rotation. Like he's played quite a lot of football so far this season um, and... He obviously missed the chances, but he was also like the only guy really sort of running to create the chances against Tranmere in, in that game. So, um, yeah, I think it's, it's probably more like rotation for rotation's sake rather than rotation because he did anything wrong. I'm assuming I'm assuming he was starting until he turned up for the pre-match walk around the pitch dressed as he dressed. <laughs> I mean, it is just Steve Buscemi with a skateboard, that meme from 30 Rock, isn't it? I mean, I know he's young, but... That's some outrageous Gen X influence nonsense. I'm, I'm, and I love every bit of it. 
I mean, how how a twenty two year old or however old he is, twenty three, twenty four, a young a a young twenties guy can look can actually make himself look ten years older by trying to look five years younger, which is absolutely brilliant. McCurdy is an enigma and I love him. And I also love his replies to any any of his teammates' comments on social media, Connor. Yeah, he, like, when times are going well, that's going to be the funniest thing. When, when times are not going so well, I'm sure it will wind people up the wrong way. I really enjoyed the one of uh, on Johnny Williams' post about stopping diving because, to be fair, having watched some of the extended highlights back, I think you may have a little bit of a point. Uh, there was definitely a point where Johnny Williams went down under no contact got the foul and got up just grinning. <laughs> just, just. <laughs> so I, obviously there's been the, the one with, with Dion Conway sort of putting a face when he passes it to Frenchie, that kind of thing as well. So yeah, I, maybe he's just like the banter god of the dressing room. I, I, I really want to know what that dynamic's like sort of in person. We all need one. Every every team needs a Jerry Yates, right? <laughs> Absolutely. He's a purist and we and we love it for now. Okay, you chaps watched this game, you lucky duckies. Um, not for me, I'm afraid. So, Terry, talk me through that first half. Do you know what? We started really, really well. And, and you know, first 10, 15, we, were, we, we really were dominating without really creating too much. Um, I think... You know, we had the grant shot high, high and high and wide early on. It's just one of them where you play lovely football for ninety seconds, and then Grant ends up taking the shot, as opposed to any of the other seven players on the pitch who are capable of shooting. Um, so that that was a bit. You know, Ellis was getting in time and time again down the left hand side. I think what's not really obvious. I think the one you know, if you want to talk about sort of shape and tactics, the one thing that is super obvious after the first five games of the season, the way Ghana plays, is that. He will never pick two really attacking fullbacks. He he will have one fullback that plays super high, and he'll play one fullback almost as that will automatically drop in as a third centre and a half every time every time the fullback goes. So yesterday it was Ellis Anglo instead of Rob Hunt at left back. I don't think you'll see a back four with Anglo and Kane Hesler Kesler Hayden in it. At any one time, I think it, it, he will do one or the other, and the other fullback will be the, with the more defensive of the of the two. And it sort of worked, but what it did do also, you know, it worked in that first ten fifteen when we were dominating the ball. But unfortunately, it also gave Salford a route back into the game because they really, uh, you know, fair play to them, they switched on to that quite quickly and sort of fifteen twenty minutes onwards, it was all Salford, and it was pretty much all down their right, down our left, and. Um, Andlo was struggling a little bit defensively. Obviously, he had Critchlow inside of him as opposed to as opposed to a more experienced centre half. And um, the two of them, Andlo and Critchlow, really, really did struggle that that um, sort of back end of the first half, the last twenty minutes of that first half. And um, you know that's when that's when the main man Jojo stepped up and, and and kept us in it with one outstanding save and three or four other pretty routine saves. But you know you, you still got to make them so. Yeah, I don't think there was any. I don't think there's any argument in saying that um, 35 minutes in, we we're all sat there saying just get to half time, just get to half time, nil nil, and and settle, maybe rejig, um, and we were lucky to do that, but we did do that, and that really gave us the platform to go on and win the game because Salford were very very dangerous. I think the other thing to point out, I always I always think this in terms of when we're discussing how we play or, or or any sort of like analysis of football is that you can't forget there are two teams. Like, I don't think we were playing that badly. I think there was a couple of individual performances that were a bit suspect at times in that first half. As I said, Critchlow and Ayandlow probably probably the the biggest culprits. Culprits is a bit harsh, but you know what I mean. Um but let let's 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 just give Salford credit. They were playing very, very well that first half and you know they were super dangerous down there, right? I thought Tyreek Wright, their their new loanee signing, who's been linked with Swindon a lot this summer, looked really really dangerous. Um, and they've got a very good front too. You know Henderson and, and McElhenney, that is up there with the best best um, best combination of strikers at this level, and and they worked really well together. Time and time again, one of them would come to feet, the other one would and drag Critchlow in with 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 them, and the other one would run in behind, and that happened two or three times and. They were. They looked like a really good side that first half, and uh, yeah, we managed to scrape through to half time nil nil. And, and second half was a different game. Yeah, that, I think that's- 
Connor Henderson, I, I can never understand why he didn't play at a higher level more often. He's a pretty decent player. I think he had a chance with maybe Norwich, wasn't it, or something like that, but um, always seems to cause havoc. There was one moment where he had one and he hit it over, and it was no danger for Wallacott, but but the reason I raise it, and it's, you know, it's in the highlights reel, so I've seen it, is, is Ansi Grant getting caught, sort of taking the ball out, and that, he, he does that almost weekly. Is that a concern? I mean, to be honest, I I think that was a foul. I think a referee that's maybe a little bit more officious, um, to put it that way, probably gives that as a foul. This referee let a lot go um, on the day. Uh, so it wasn't really out of keeping with the rest of his performance. It'd be tough to sort of label it as a mistake. But I really don't think that I would, if that had gone in, I don't think I'd be like really hugely digging out Anthony Grant for that. Because like I, I think, you know, usually he goes down there, we get a free kick, we reset. And that's kind of how he has played for the whole time he's been here. It's not like a, a recent development. Um, he's a master of kind of the Thompson flop. I, I, for me, like the, obviously there was the one against Tranmere on Tuesday where I think he really did just like kind of dive um, and, and Tranmere had a chance. But th- that for me was a foul. So uh, I'm not too concerned about that. But I guess if referees are going to let things go a lot more, then maybe we need to kind of re- rework that a little bit and just let him release the ball rather than sort of give it away and immediately have them run at our defence on the turn. So it'd be interesting to see how that goes. You know, maybe in three or four more games, we can come back to this and have a look if it's happened another couple of times. Um, yeah, I mean, I think I, I think the other, the other thing that I was interested in, obviously they they really did sort of get into that space in between Critchlow and Iandolo on, on, on the left. I was surprised that we didn't really like stem the, the tide of that, like at all, because stem the flow, sorry, uh, in terms of like Iandolo didn't, kind of like sit back at any point in that and and pain didn't kind of drop in and the, the kind of way that I've understood how we set up the team is that we've sort of got pain on one side of the attack to kind of drop in because he can kind of play a little bit more centrally and kind of works hard defensively and then on the other side we've had McCurdy obviously usually and then to take Kessler Hayden to just kind of go all out attack and uh, sort of cause problems and you know not really sort of contribute too much defensively with the more defensive fullback as as Terry pointed out so I was, I was a little bit surprised that sort of you know pain didn't just kind of naturally drop in for five ten minutes to kind of try and see us through that kind of rough sp- rough patch where they had about three or four chances down the down that left hand side for us but to be fair as well down that left hand side we created two pretty good chances in that sort of Salford 10 20 minutes where they were sort of in the ascendancy for, for um, Tyree Simpson Obviously, the lob was was pretty well worked. A nice long pass forward by Grant to sort of give him a positive shout. Um, and very, very unlucky to sort of not direct that on target. I think he's done really well from the angle. Um, and then sort of a really, really quick counter-attack down that left-hand side. I think it was Payne sort of playing it into Simpson. And he, he just takes it with his left foot when he probably could have let it go across his body, take it on his right um, to sort of bring it down because he was in so much space. Um, but those were two very positive signs, I think, um, about what we could do on the break. And, you know, going into the second half, that proved to be sort of our outlet, I guess. Yeah, and Simpson, it's it's coming, that goal, isn't it? It really is. Um, it was very, very close. And before we go into the second half, I'm a big fan of Jojo Walcott anyway. I mean, I first saw him play about seven or eight years ago for, for Bristol City's under-21s. And he was a really impressive teenager at that point. And the save he did from he made from Henderson specifically, it's almost as if he um he was diving in the right way before Henderson even made connection with the with the ball. It was it was a hell of a save. I'm convinced that hit the post. When I like when I first watched it, it came off well it got so hard. I was like, he didn't tip it round the post. He literally like punched it about 40 yards. Fantastic save. Good Henderson Henderson thinks that's in all day long. I mean, it was it was a great strike. And um yeah, look, I think we'll go on to talk about Woolacott in, in the in the man of match discussion. But the thing that I really like about him at the moment is, you know, he makes the big saves. Absolutely, he made he's made one outstanding save every game I think so far, really. But what I love about him is just his he comes and collects absolutely everything, and he's not a big keeper. Um, but he just takes no shit in there. He, he just comes and claims everything, and he's so so calming when the ball when when that high ball comes in. And that's not what I thought we were going to get with him. I thought we would get a very dynamic, um, 
shot stopper who is very, very good on the ball. But to have to see this sort of idea of being really commanding as well, I think is 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 a very, very nice surprise. Maybe that's the benefit of kind of getting him at like what twenty four, um, rather than sort of an earlier loan. Is like he he really has had that time to develop. Um, I'm a big fan, and you know, having watched like Lee Camp for ten to twelve games at the back end of last season, even the routine saves that he makes and just makes them look simple are really enjoyable for me because you know I, I did make the point if Lee Camp had been in goal, uh, and I, I'm sure people that weren't such big fans of Mate Kovash could make the same point. Um, with, with his name, um, but if if they had been in goal, probably we could have been three or four down at half time. Um, I don't think that's any exaggeration because you know there, there are a couple of chances. Just just a really big performance when we needed him. From a career perspective, I mean Jojo was on the fast track to Bath City, so he must be taking this opportunity and just absolutely running with it because he'd been at Bristol City for far too long. His his spell at Forest Green was okay, but there was a very notable error. And then he got this uh, um, short-term loan at Swindon where he played well and that got him his contract. And he must be thinking, I mean, he's got clearly got faith in his ability, but he must be very happy with the way things are going at the moment. And uh, it's going to get to a stage where Ben Chorley and Rob Angus are going to have to sit down and not tell me that they're going to be talking about contract negotiations with the squad and not until May or whatever. Can you believe that? I was just thinking that because obviously, you know, we've started the season really well. I think we have made some really eye-catching signings and, and some of the guys we've brought in have started the season fantastically, Jojo being one of them. and But everyone, everyone is on a one-year deal. And the second, the second we're allowed to... We have to go and offer two or three year deals to to half to to half a dozen players. I think that we just have to do that, right? Like that, that's an absolute no brainer. Jojo would be would be well and truly top of that list, but um, yeah, a, li- a little bit a little bit worrying. But let's let's worry about that train coming down the track in in uh, nine months and not not ruin the fun now. Absolutely not. Let's talk about the second half then, Terry, because I mean, let's just unleash the cliche. Um, it's probably. Did us a lot of good scoring so early after the uh, second half started. Yeah, I think so because you know Salford, as as we mentioned, played really well as that first half grew on. They would have been Gary Bowie's message, other than hoof it, would have been just carry on doing the same thing, right? If you if you play that way, if we get another forty five minutes, we'll win the game. And so for us to come out and and really change the dynamic of the game by by scoring early was um, was was really really important. Very, very well taken goal. Um, Simpsons at least two yards offside, which is brilliant. <laughs> um, couldn't happen to a nicer club. And and Jack, Jack Payne, Jack Payne gets his second of the season. And um, the idea of him adding goals to his game and, and and starting to starting to contribute in an attack in the attacking third really excites me. I think it was a great finish. But yeah, I mean, really, really important time to score the goal. And um, Post goal, you know, we we had two or three more chances to 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 grab a second, and we were much better second half. Salford weren't as good second half, and it, the game sort of as a neutral or even as a home fan, it really petered out, wasn't it? I mean, we've watched that game as a home fan so many times, where the away the away team just shouts their way to a one 0 win, just kill the game, and and they just really laboured and really struggled to to force Jojo into making. Same standard of save that they forced him to make in the first half. Was it offside, Connor? I think it was. I mean, the the angle I've seen is not fully conclusive, but it looks it to me. And I just don't, I don't care. It's it's pretty funny. I mean, if if we're gonna if we rewind like five ten seconds in that move, the goal comes about in a very similar way to the third at Scunthorpe in terms of like it's kicked long and it just kind of comes immediately back and knife through butter they managed to get it forward into a, a goal scoring opportunity obviously the finish is very different um, and, and the actual play forward is quite different but in terms of just turning things around on the transition really quickly it, it's very very similar and I think that potentially is gonna le- gonna be like a good thing for us away from home this season I think we we might be able to win games in a different way away from home as we have won them uh, as we will try and win them um, at home in terms of we're probably not going to need quite as much of the ball to create the same kind of chances when when teams are bringing it to us. Darwin's fantastic at that first pass in that transition, isn't he? Like 
No, it's up at Scunthorpe as well. I think away from home, he's more effective than at home at the moment. But that first pass, I think it's into Louis Reed, is just so aggressive and attacking. So many times you see teams when they pick the ball up in that space, they would knock it back to the centre half and they'd recycle. And that's just not in Ben Gladwin's brain. He just picks the ball up on that half turn after it bounces off off our defensive midfielder or, or, or off the Salford attacker. And his first thought is, where is the 20, 30 yard aggressive forward pass? Um, and that that just that just speeds up the transition so much. And I think look, look, Gladwin is an interesting player to talk about, but he is very good at that, I think. Yeah, well, it's funny because his, his body kind of slows the attack down and then his mind speeds it up. So, like, it, it's difficult for the defence because they're kind of trying to get on top of him because he's sort of got the ball and he's kind of sorting out his feet. And then he manages to shuffle it out into the right exact position. They're sort of caught unawares again. So, yeah, it, it, you look at Salford's defending of that goal, it's complete chaos. They, they don't know what they're doing. Um, and, yeah, it's like, it's good play from Gladwin. Um just, just really enjoyable scenes. I mean, the the like the away end absolutely erupted, didn't it? So, oh, <laughs> oh to be in it, oh to be in it. Um, I think I think Simpson did well not to absolutely lever it as well, and instead to lay it on to Payne because the shot was definitely on. Yeah, definitely. I think I think you're 100 right, Rich. And um, Ben Garner called that out in his post match, didn't he? In terms of like, that's that's probably one of the clearest looks at goal Simpson's had, but he had the brain to turn that down, and and, and that's one of the game. And then it sort of drifts into almost a hundred minutes of um, of clinging on, but without really clinging on. Um, but the one thing that went semi-viral beyond the Swindon fans was Johnny Williams's latest contribution um, <laughs> to playing for Swindon, which was absolutely infuriating. Gary Bowyer, uh, Connor, um, wonderful, 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 wonderful. It was really funny, right? I, 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 talk, I enjoyed talk that. Talk us through it. Talk us through so, it. So it's kind of one one of those where Salford have been on the tack. It's been half cleared. Williams kind of tackles their, I think, fullback, um, runs the ball out of play, continues to run with the ball down, like just off the wing, and is then bundled to the floor by <laughs> pushing it over, um, sort of over one of their players and sort of into the ground. Um it, yeah, it it's the sort of thing where you know, just just like let him do it, and like you're not going to waste as much time as sort of the two minutes it took to sort of de-escalate the situation. I, it's one of those situations where like the way that that kind of thing is punished, it seems really weird because like there were three yellow cards given out there. The only person that really did anything particularly wrong was Boya for pushing Williams over. Williams got a yellow, okay, fair enough. He's sort of been kicking the ball after it's been out of play. So I guess letter of the law, fair enough. Boya's got yellow for the for the push, you know, probably okay. Because it, it wasn't like really violent, but it, it wasn't really called for. And then Garner's got a yellow for sort of defending his player and sort of shouting at Boya. It, like those, those three things are like three very different crimes, if you're going to put it in that way. And have been punished in the exact same way. Um, it, it was a really weird thing. And it seemed sort of like bizarre. I think Boya sort of immediately realised what he'd done and sort of calmed down immediately, which, fair enough. But uh, yeah, the, it, it, that final 10 minutes or so, that was like it, that was kind of not the only kind of thing that had a little bit of needle to it. I think Sulfur were getting really frustrated. And because they were so frustrated, that kind of told me, okay, this is this should actually be fine. We should see it out. Um, because yeah, team, the team that have seen red that much um, don't tend to sort of have the the calmness and wherewithal to sort of put it on a plate for their striker at the end. So, oh, it was enjoyable to watch. I'd say. Oh yes, Terry, I absolutely loved watching Ben Garner storm to Boyer like a parent at an under 11s game. It was it was great, and I mean a lot of things are said about Garner because I mean the. The term, the unfair term, used to be laptop manager for you know for managers who hadn't played at the highest level, and they all have this sort of stereotypical mild mannered. You know, I guess Luke Williams is the example that we've had previously. But it's great to see Garner and his staff go straight in there. Yeah, it's exactly what you want, right? It's you know a little bit, of, a little bit of camaraderie, a little bit of, of uh, a little bit of needle, a little bit of fight. Like 
but let's get one thing straight. I like laptop managers. I don't want my manager to be some raving lunatic who who played football for Scunthorpe in the early nineties and runs around headbutting changing rooms. <laughs> a desktop manager. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a phone booth manager. Look, just, <laughs> that whole scene. I think um, that whole scene was just a really good example of how we killed the game really well because. And I, I completely think 95% of our club's involvement in that was deliberate and thought out. The second Bowie does that to Johnny Williams, Dion Conroy and Anthony Grant realise it's the perfect opportunity to waste three minutes. There's no reason for any player to go over there apart from to waste more time. And you just make it into this huge, big thing that was ultimately very... You know, if, if none of the players go over, which, let's be honest, none of them needed to, it would have just been a nothing. Get up! What are you doing? Take the throw, and it's just—it's just really clever play. It's just really—it's really smart, and and yeah, you love to see it. You know, the, the other thing I would add is yellow cards for managers. What? It's so <laughs> it's so stupid. Like, what is the point? What do you reckon? Like, do you reckon they get a touchline ban if they get five? Like, <laughs> it's utterly absurd. Uh, you're right. You're right. Uh, Connor, do you agree? Um, no, I find it really funny. It, lo- it looks. Fun. I, I want to see. I want to see. I want to see mascots getting yellow cards and all that kind of thing as well. Like I, the more yellow cards, the better. I, it, it's just like the, the sort of most insignificant member of staff getting a yellow would be the best. So like just some guys on the touchline for no reason, give him a yellow. It'd be great. Ball boy stewards, fans. Stephen Jonas sent back to the uh, changing rooms for laughing at the referee. <laughs> yeah, no, it'd be great. And to be fair, I mean, I just, I, I think this is the other hand side of the frustration last week with Carlisle. A lot of people were moaning about their gamesmanship um, last week when they kind of saw out that 2-1 that win against us. When your team does it, it's really fun. It's great. Yeah. I, I enjoyed winning that way so much yesterday. And it's one of those things where, like I, I find it hard to say whether we played well or not yesterday. I think I think we did, but we didn't do it in the sense that we've been playing well so far this season. We kind of we weren't quite as fluid, we weren't quite as attractive to watch, but we sort of did everything. We kind of won the game in another way. We kind of saw it through. We defended pretty well in the second half, at least. Um, we were solid, and we we knew what we needed to do to get there. And it's really really heartening to have won that way so early in the season because it kind of proves to me at least that hopefully we're going to have a bit of a backbone when the going gets tough later on in the season and it's a really good foundation for sort of going into the next set of games especially as we're not meant to be that type of side as well I think do you know what I mean like the whole point is that Ben Garner plays really really nice football and and we retweet random stats accounts that say we make more passes than anybody else in the football league <laughs> like we're not meant to be the the nick a one nil play badly, two centre halves and goalkeeper the best three players on the pitch. That's not meant to be what we do. So to pick up points doing that is is really really nice. Yeah, it turns out that we've had a club taken away from us so long we don't know how we play. So maybe now we've got our club back. This is this is this is what we're all about. This is the Swindon way. We've got our, well, let's let's get through one thing straight. We've got our club back. Our club back according to the club. <laughs> This is one of the most controversial takes that we're all in agreement of, and I don't think it's the time to go down that road, but uh, it's a, it's an obscenely... Uh, I, I don't like the phrase at all. You've got your club back. <laughs> what? And you'll be happy with it. So, yeah, enjoy it. We're very grateful. We're very grateful. Hi, this is Jan Fjortoft, and welcome, and I'm on Loath Strangers. But it's so hard for Norwegian. Love strangers. Okay, time for a little bit of listener contributions. Thanks to those who sent stuff in. Andy Ratcliffe says that we rode our luck many times in the first half, but we had the ace card in the pack with JJW to rely on. Simpson was unlucky with the lob. We sorted out the left side weakness at halftime, which restricted Salford in the second half. Then we got through some serious work to protect the points. Buzzing. Talking of buzzing, here's Hannah's. Today was the acid test. Go to a tough away game. 
and show us this side could show us a bit of quality and dig in. Wallacott was again out of this world whilst Roms and the skip were formidable. Good looking spine to this side, experienced goal getter and we are set. Magic STFC said a well-earned three points carved out against an attack-orientated team. Graham I says it was an ideal away win at a big club. Grit and character are plenty. Paul D with a robbery. Delighted to be the perpetrators instead of the victims for once. Stephen Pipe thinks it was a superb result. Showing real grit and determination with a little bit of class and the dark arts. Josh Felt says it reminds him of our opening day win at Scunny in 2019. Devastating counterattacks against favourable opposition. Mark Kirkman called it a lovely smash and grab win after two home games where we got one point but deserved more. Alex Hayes says Salford pressed well, making it hard for us in the first half with no out ball. We got to grips with them better after the break and nicked a win we didn't really deserve. Happy days. And John Stevens finishes with, can't believe we're third in the table at this stage. Just need to start winning at home. Bit like the start of the David Flickcroft season, but better quality football. Okay then, so lots of talk there, Connor, about smash and grab and perhaps even an undeserved win. Would you say that's fair? Well, I, I, I guess... Before uh, all of that, we kind of did go into it a little bit in terms of like, like who's to decide what's deserved. Like, I, I think, like I said, it wasn't as fluid as and as attractive, and the quality of chances were not quite as high as they have been in sort of a couple of the previous games. Um, but like having watched the game, like, am I going to say that we played badly? I mean, we 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 did well in in a different way to what we've done so far this season, and I think. That is a really, really good thing. So probably if you were to replay that game a couple of times, you would get different results. Uh, it wouldn't always end up 1-0 to Swindon. It wasn't like one clear chance for us and nothing for Salford. I think they, they definitely had the chances to score and on another day they would have done. Um, I, I am kind of sympathetic a little bit with Bowen's whinging after the game, not in terms of like, I, I think that's what should have happened. I'm really glad that things have turned out the way that they have, but he, he went on about two penalties and an offside goal. Um, I think, like we said, the goal probably is offside. Ultimately, I don't care, but it, it probably was. Um, and there were two penalty shouts and both of them, I was worried at the time, but like we said, the ref let a lot go. And I don't think the decisions were out of keeping with anything else that he did, including the Anthony Grant challenge we mentioned earlier. So, it's probably one of them where Salford, you could probably argue they slightly shaded it, but they ran out of ideas. They, they had like 40 minutes after we scored to attack and create lots of chances. And to be honest, after after that point, they didn't really do that. They, they didn't create much of note in the second half. So I think I'm going to say we deserved it. I've talked myself around. Terry, Boyer sounds like a man who's under pressure already. Um, and it was wonderful. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> that interview is fasc- fascinating. It's a perfect example of a football manager post-match interview because the the interviewee, the interviewer, sorry, asks a really simple question, something along the lines of, you played well today, unlucky not to win. And within 10 seconds, Bowie is talking about the referee. And these are, this is also a profession that will say, I don't want to talk about referees. But, that, but <laughs> it's like... The goal is offside. Let, absolutely fine. I get that. The two penalties are not. I don't even remember the second penalty claim. The first one on Tyreek Wright. Wright run. It's one of those where Wright runs into Iandolo and then falls over. Like, he changed his path. If he followed the ball, he wouldn't have made any contact. But Iandolo was smart enough to stand a yard and a half away from him, and Tyreek Wright ran into, changed his direction, ran sideways into him, and fell over. It's never a penalty. Um. I don't know. There's something brilliant about Gary Bowie getting salty. I just, it, it just, he's got a face that just, you know what I mean? Just, yeah, I want to see it sad, and it is sad. Salford didn't deserve to win that game because to win games of football, you have to play well for longer than 15 minutes, and they didn't do that. Second half, they did not put us under enough pressure. They didn't create enough chances. I don't remember Jojo making a, a save, anything more than routine in the second half. 
And they, as Connor said, they ran out of ideas. And it, it's it's really fun to win ugly. And we did that yesterday. Yeah, I want one of those two pinters just for his tears, and I will down it in <laughs> one go. <laughs> um, let's now get, uh, well, let's read the post-match from Ben Garner. Thanks to No More Heroes on the Town End Forum for providing the notes, not exclusively to me, but heck, I've used them. Garner says, pleasing because we have played well with the ball in several games and not had this result. We were resilient in the second half, better organised in the second half. And of course, Jojo Wallacott was outstanding again in the first. We pressed and were more solid in the second 45. Good skill for the first half. Simpson had a touch of class and composure to slide in pain. And Simpson's link work play was superb. Garner felt that we were outstanding today. Williams pushed and Garner was unhappy with the incident, shall we say. Didn't think it was right. Didn't expect the melee after it. We have a good group ethic considering the time that the players have been together. And of course, they enjoyed celebrating in front of a fantastic away support. Garner wanted to keep Odomeo at the back with Kessler Hayden in front. And that was due to Salford's threat. We could have been better with the ball in the second half, but he thinks that was down to fatigue. Generally, he said we were mentally fatigued in the first half and physically so in the second. Two days off this week, then working into the Mansfield game. We have worked them hard so far. And in terms of our points collected so far, kind of feels that it's a fair reflection of what we have done in the opening weeks. Okay, Terry, Garner's talking about players being fatigued. So this midweek, the break can't come quick enough. You know, no Tuesday match this 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 week. So that that's a very good thing for us. Yeah, definitely. I think a lot a lot of the boys have played probably more minutes than we'd wanted them to at this point, just out of necessity. Um, and now it's now it's about getting some rest in their legs. And 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 you almost tackle the season in blocks, right? And this was a block of four games and. To come out of it with seven points is great. We've got now two weeks where it's just Saturday, Saturday. It's also the end of the transfer window. So I think, you know, by the, going into the Stevenage game on September the 4th, when we've had one game in, in, in 13 days and we will have reinforcements coming through the door in the next week or so, I think we're, we, we've got a, a chance of sort of really kicking on for the next block of six, eight games now. And it'd be really interesting to see that lot the lineup on that you know both next week and on the, and on that Stevenage away game because you would argue that you know next Saturday we're almost at the point now where you're picking your best 11 irrelevant of minutes because everybody's had a bit of rest everyone's been rotated everyone's played enough minutes to be match fit and and everyone and everyone's had a week off so it'd be really interesting to see the team next Saturday and following Saturday and, and it'll give you a better idea of where Garner is in terms of his core 12 13 players I think yeah, Connor, Garner's very happy with the points accumulated so far. We're doing all right, aren't we? Yeah, I mean, if the season was ended on PPG now, we would be going up. Like we're Ooh. third in the table, and and I was gonna I was gonna like make a glib point about how like now preseason is over and we're third in the table, uh, like that. But like it's true, right? Like we <laughs> we've now got minutes in the legs. We're now we're gelling as a team. We've got another week on the training ground uh, before Mansfield that can be kind of unbroken, but they're not going to have to do like crazy sessions. A lot of it is just going to be sort of just tactical stuff and just sort of keeping things ticking over, keeping the ideas for the game um, sort of ticking over. I, I think like it's, it's, it's just a really good situation to be in because we've got through what probably was going to be the messy part of the season. I'm not now going to say in September, we're going to win every game. We're going to blast everyone 4-0. It's not what's going to happen. I think Mansfield are a good team from the results that have uh, have been there so far and they will pose us threats next week um but it's like a really 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 good platform um for us to just kind of like you know start to sort of be the team that we're going to be this season and to to start that infernally you know hopefully we're only going to continue to go from there really like I think Salford I mean I know they're like just above the relegation zone now I think they're going to be a good team this season I think we saw enough in their performance, so that's a good team. I think Tranmere, we've played so far, are a good team. Carlisle are usually knocking just below or around the playoffs. I don't think there's anything to say that they're not going to be this season as well. 
and Scunthorpe were awful, um, and we beat them. But I, I think we, we've we've played some good teams so far, and we're third in the league. And this was with a team that had like not really played together for all intents and purposes. So absolutely delighted with where we are, and I can't wait to see how it develops in the coming weeks. Connor, I was going to say I hate to be that guy, but actually I love to be that guy. On PPG, we'd actually be six four seven. Um, Hartlepool, Newport and Harrogate would all be above us because they haven't played as many games. Well, you can prove anything with facts. <laughs> um, we're going up Wembley. Fantastic. It's about time. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, okay, let's let's talk about the man of the match then. So Bernie Man went with Dion Conroy as he looks like a Rolls-Royce defender at the back, calm and measured and in the right place in key moments. The defence played as a solid unit. Bitter Gillespie adds that Conroy looks better with every game. There were also complimentary shout-outs to Lewis Reed and Romney Critchlow, but the overwhelming listeners' man of the match was Jojo Wallacott. Clive X says that Jojo kept us in the game with some excellent saves. Tyler highlights that Jojo effectively won us the game. Carol described his first half performance and his saves as breathtaking. Nick adds that Jojo was man of the match and oh my god it's taken all my willpower to not seek out Bristol Rovers fans right now. (laughs) and finally Jason says it has to be Jojo his last two games have been outstanding almost like a goal each game dare I say that his performances have been even better from what we saw from Stephen Bender all things considered interesting Terry Jojo was the listeners comfortable winner there for man of the match are we going to go against the grain here we're going to be edgy Uh, yeah (laughs) I want to. I do want to. I look. I think um, Jojo was outstanding in that first half. He's made one absolutely excellent save, and he did everything else quite well. Um, but it's really boring if I just say yes. So I'm going to say no, and I'm going to give it to Dion Conroy instead. Okay, Dion Conroy gets it from Terry Connor. Well, I mean, I want I want to hear the reasoning for Dion Conroy first before I decide to go Jojo Wallacott. I think he, he was faultless. Again, I think um, he is very quietly having a fantastic start to the season. And I think the thing that, that that particularly I enjoyed today is the fact that he's playing alongside a young centre-half who looked a bit suspect under the high ball today. He was playing alongside a full-back in Ellis Anglo who didn't have the best first half. And he, and, and, and he got us through that. And I think, I think he... It's more maybe it's an accumulation of credit over the last three or four games, but um, I think he he is doing nothing wrong at the moment. He, he he's had a very good start to the season. Yeah, no, I, I fully agree with the reasoning. I think he was sort of it was him and Jack Payne that were like the outstanding outfield players um, on the day. I think I've kind of mentioned like a little negative towards Jack Payne in terms of the fact we were getting overrun down his side in a, in a defensive sense. Um, but Conroy, for me, like didn't really put a foot wrong at all. I think like he seems to sort of just like quietly lead the team really well, um, and just sort of yeah, I like I like that partnership with Critchlow. But for me, it is Wallacott. Um, I think there is the outstanding save from Henderson that we've, we've kind of mentioned before. There was like one where they're in on goal and he comes out on in a one-on-one situation, makes himself big. Uh, the, the shot's right at him, but it's because they're panicked into sort of making that decision. From from Wallacott. Um there are a couple of other like like we said routine saves as well. Um, but you know he he did his job perfectly, and it was at a point in the game where you know there were ten to fifteen minutes where he was really really busy, and he was just like alert for the whole time, just did everything, caught the ball, got us going in an attacking sense again, um, and and that's everything you can ask him to do. Like I I, I really think like if you're going to give like marks out of ten, which I. I don't really like doing marks out of 10 because like you can argue about it. What's a six, what's a seven, whatever. Like there's, there's nothing that can detract from that performance. Like it would be like as close to a 10 as you can get for like being busy for the first half and not so busy for the second half. And I think if we're going to do the accumulation of credit, I think like he was in within a very, very like it was within like a hair's breadth of getting man of the match against Tranmere for me. Um, but it, it didn't really fit the story of the game where I think that the real story was like that we played really well outfield against Tranmere. 
Um, but today, I think he kept us in the game so that we could then go and win it in the second half. So, yeah, for me, for the, for those reasons, it, it's it's Wallacott. Like he had a, had a very very good week, and let, let's let's point out two clean sheets in a week. The first, last time we had two clean sheets in the league, it was February last season. Like we, we kept one in I think November and one in February. Uh, the first two clean sheets of League One last season. So to have two, and it's August the twenty first when he did it. That, that's that's brilliant as well. So yeah, I, I think because of the turnaround in our goalkeeping fortunes recently, hopefully, fingers crossed. I don't want to jinx that. It has to be him for me. So Dion Conroy is the low strangers man of the match. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, no. I absolutely agree with Connor. Yes, it's, it's Jojo. It's going to be. It should be Wollacott. I just like. I just like the conversation. Yes, indeed, and I enjoyed listening. Yep, Jojo, you are the. You've got the double. You got both. Well done, you. Okay, I asked fans on social media what their opinions of Ben Garner was after five games. So we'll start with Magic STFC, who says he's impressed by the selections, substitutions, and well articulated interview responses. Graham I says Ben Garner's first games have shown a lot of promise. Looking forward to see how we can get on with time on the training pitch over the next two weeks, but we do need an experienced centre forward. Paul D says Guaniola, come on Paul, is class, clearly an intelligent coach, and we will watch some decent football this season. Today showed that he's not just another Luke Williams, there's character in this side too. Bit disappointed he didn't stick the nut on Boya today, though. Hmm. Steve, Stephen Pipe says, what Ben Garner and the other staff have done in the first five games has been superb, where Josh Phelps adds, he couldn't be happier. Attention to detail and has a plan. Today highlights more than just a plan A. Neil McLaughlin also thinks it's been very good with Ben Garner so far, really enjoying the togetherness he's instilled in the squad. And he seems to be very realistic. Jack Cullen adds, love the way we're playing football with hand on and play. And our squad looks good. And also Tyler adds, very impressed with Garner so far. Some games haven't gone quite as planned, but you can see the start of something is here. So some interesting snippets there from listeners. Um, But what's your take of Ben Garner in the first five games, Terry? It feels a bit mean to say pleasantly surprised. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the whole rhetoric from the club on reflection was very clever, but it was also very much a case of we're just trying to do all the bits behind the scenes that make it a functioning football club and, and whatever happens on the pitch will be a manifestation of that and it's mm-hmm. going to take time. But I think actually what Garner's managed to do is really, really stamp his ideas and his style on a team immediately, right? And I guess I guess that's the beauty of having a blank canvas. He had no one to convince. He had no one to bring along with him. He, had, he didn't have a, a bitter, drunk, 39-year-old centre-half who's been playing for us for 10 years. Not that we've ever had one of them. I'm not accusing anyone of anything. Um but do you know what I mean? Like he didn't, he didn't have, he didn't have that bitter old guy in the changing room. Like, well, this, you know, this isn't how we do it here. He literally had a completely blank canvas, and I think that's probably what attracted him to the job. But it has impressed me at how quick he's done that. Um, I really, I really like the way he he comes across. I think he comes across very measured and 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 insightful when he stops and thinks and he answers questions. Um, I can't really fault him at this point. I can't fault him. I just think it was really fun, funny that when he was appointed, Bristol Rovers fans were giving it large because he yeah. looked at what they've got and done. I just had to get the dig in there. Like, come on. Like, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> uh, no, but I mean, seriously, with Ghana, like, no, I, I don't at, be serious. Keep going okay. the way you were going. <laughs> do, do you want me to just send you a clip of me laughing? You can edit it in um, later. Fair play to Joey Barton, though. Post Exeter City, where they lost uh, 4-1 yesterday and were 4-0 down after about, what, 20, 20, 25 minutes? He was saying, we're going up, no doubt about it. So, you know, he's still saying it. Still saying it. Still saying it. That is extraordinary. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, Connor, go. And and Garner's win record at Bristol Rovers, I think, is better than Joey Barton's now. So, uh, 
There we go. There we go. The the, the maths does not lie. Um, but yeah, no. I'm mean, on a serious note. To be serious, um, like I would echo pretty much everything that, that Terry said. That I really like the way that he communicates with us as fans. I think it's just calm and collected, and like you actually get the impression that he thinks about what he says, which I hate to kind of reference last season's management again, which is what I've done every time that we've spoken about Ghana so far, but it's a real breath of fresh air. I, I enjoy listening to um, everything that BBC Wiltshire put out with him, um, which is, is more than I can have said for pretty much everything that we'd had since Wellens. Um, so yeah, it, 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 it's, it's really good. Um, I like I like the way that we've been playing football so far, um, generally speaking, um, and I like that we kind of were able to kind of depart from that enough to kind of see ourselves through. Um, it, it says to me that we've got a good manager, um, and yeah, that's that's more than I could have really hoped for a few weeks ago. So um, at this stage, very very impressed. Fantastic. Okay. Well, before we go, let's let's talk about the rumor mill. Because although the win has taken a little bit pressure off the club to get those centre forwards in, the noises are still there. Are we, are we being linked to anyone, Terry? Have you have you heard anything? Um, I've seen. I see Omar Bogle's been linked with us this morning. I think it's probably just Twitter noise and the fact that he's been told he can leave Doncaster. I think we were linked with him. Yeah, last summer. I think I remember. Yeah. I think Garno was linked with him at Rovers as well last summer. So there's there's clearly something there. Yeah, so yeah, I mean that, that that's the only one that I've been seeing doing the rounds. Um Tyler Smith's going to Hull, so Dan Hunt will be fuming that he's not coming back. Um, <laughs> no, no, I, 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 I haven't seen any I haven't seen any sort of concrete links and obviously now there's no there's no links between us and and Nixon. Dubious reporters for nefarious organizations. We, 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 I don't think we'll see much link, many links. I think we're only going to add one now, and it will be the one, and 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 that's it. And it, we'll have to wait and see how it plays out over the next over the next week or so. I I, I would imagine it will be a last minute thing, um, and and it's just about us convincing the player in question that we are a, we are a good option for him and, and a better option than than any other clubs that are after him there's there's loads of players out there that fit the mold right I and mean, Bogle's one of them been told he can leave Kieran Agard's a name that I've seen been doing the rounds quite a lot yeah. he's still unattached um would be a good on paper would be a good signing at this level um Nicky Jose Jesus god no <laughs> Who does he? Who does he play for, Terry? Jesus God, no! <laughs> Coming in from a flamengo. Oh, that'd be good. Uh, and and no, I think the Norwood rumor doesn't seem to be going away either. I don't. He doesn't seem to be getting much of a look in up at Ipswich. So, um, and they, they've obviously brought in two new strikers in the summer in Piggott and uh, uh, Macaulay Bond. So, who knows? I think there will only be one, and it will be the big one, and um, it will make or break our season potentially. There can only be one, Connor. Who do you want? Uh, I mean, I I don't really know who's available. I I would be happy with Omar Bogle if it if it happens. I mean, I don't think it's happened for him in the last few years, really. But I think he he has been good at higher levels before. He's got a good chant from obviously his Grimsby days, so that that goes for him as well. And I, I just think, you know, there's always going to be uncertainty about bringing a player that's kind of good at a higher level down to League Two because they're obviously going to be down here for a reason. He, he's not had the best sort of couple of years. But it, it might just work out. I'd have been happy if we'd have signed him in, in League One last year. I think that there's audio evidence of me saying that. So for League Two, which is, I think we've we've seen so far in the first sort of few games, the teams down here aren't as good as in League One. I'm, I'm sure it will be fine. Apart from us, obviously, we're we're great. Bogle hasn't scored more than five goals in a season since 2016-17 and that's in all comps so per season so uh, I don't think he's been playing as much I mean that move to Wigan was brief and then and then Cardiff got promoted so he wasn't really needed anymore and it's been a selection of loan spells Wellens was after him last summer and he's looked at him now and not fancied him oh dear Um, but yeah there we go okay well I think that'll do Um, the final sort of thought to ponder is clearly we've been doing it wrong we need to play in yellow or we just need to play away from home probably prefer that yeah. it's the green it's the green trim isn't it it's the green trim it's the green put trim. that on the home kit put that on the home kit 
But uh, fans of fans of uh, superstition, we will be wearing that at the next two away games. Oh, fantastic! Well, I look forward to talking about two more victories, gentlemen. Thank you very much. Cheers. The Low Strangers is an independent podcast. Views given do not reflect those of Swindon Town Football Club. The music is provided by the great Matthew Kilford and the podcast artwork is by Matt in Singapore. Thanks for listening. Come on, Swindon. Hi, Ellis Pod fans, it's JR here. If Swindon players were McDonald's items, who would they be? We've had lots of Big Macs like the legendary Alan McLaughlin, Harry McCurdy, or even Steve McMahon. Perhaps you'd prefer to channel the power of McPlant like Darren Ward. Or maybe five chicken selects, one to enjoy for each time Ben Gladwin joined. Yep, there's one spare, but there's still time. And you don't need super scouts or data solutions to get your hands on any of these. McDelivery through the McDonald's app brings them all to you. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm.